the free for all roundtable brought to you by lexus avon canada's newest lexus dealer in the maple auto mall near rutherford at highway 400 luxury is closer than you think round one on round one scott reed is here political commentator former advisor to prime minister paul martin deb hutton former advisor to two ontario premiers now in private practice jerry agar from the jerry agar show by the way i enjoyed the breaking news a moment ago that john moore can't open a jar of pickles yeah. Well, I, I get flummoxed by an awful lot of things, but my mom taught me a trick. Yeah? I don't know if other people do this. What, do you bang it on the counter? Well, you turn it over and bang it on the counter. Yeah, put yeah. it in some hot water. That too. Yeah. But there are times where I'm just like, what the freak? <laughs> Anyway. Yeah, does it have to be this difficult, I sometimes think. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, anyway. Okay. Um, before we start mixing it up over the day's big debatables, um, I wanted us to pay tribute to Tarek Fatah because he was a longtime show host here and a commentator. He was a commentator on our show starting in 2009 when we launched it. Um, but Jerry, we knew him personally, yeah. and he was uh, delightful and funny uh, and had an incredibly worldly mind. He was a very sharp analyst, and uh, it's a tremendous loss, I think, in Canadian media. Yeah, one of my enduring memories of him, I mentioned it on the air yesterday, I was on a television show. Michael Corrin used to have a TV show oh, on yeah. a Christian network, whatever it was called, and he and uh, Tarek and I were panelists, and we, we, he was a delightful man, Tarek Fatah, and the, the kind of person you could disagree with agreeably, you know, to use that phrase, and all of a sudden he just went on some stupid rant. I thought, this is the most ridiculous thing, and we really got into it. It was not pleasant. And the next morning I was uh, getting my uh, producer to find the audio of that and I was going to rip him again on my show and then I got a call that Tarek was in the hospital. And you might remember some years ago when he had a scary hospital stay. And and as I said yesterday on the air and I would say again I don't think in that moment I was really arguing with Tarek Fatah. There was something that had started to happen and it, was, and it wasn't really him talking. Yeah. Because that wasn't him. Like you could, you know, you, you could disagree with him so thoroughly and then both of you would be laughing. Well, when it was over, I had yeah, some pretty yeah. fierce exchanges with Tarek because we didn't agree about a lot of things. But you're right. As the microphone went off and he he, he had a giggle that was yes. hilarious. Yeah. And by the way, it wasn't just here, okay, not to take away from all the work he did here, but he was internationally known as uh, a great thinker and debater. That's Tarek Fatah, who passed away yesterday at the age of 73, and our condolences to his wife and two daughters and all who loved him. Uh, let's jump to something much happier. And you know what? I can't get enough of this audio, Nick, so let's bring up the call once again. Uh, the last goal, which was the winning goal in overtime last night, the Leafs are now 3-1 and one against Tampa Bay. Over it goes to Willie. Back it comes to Giordano. Giordano shot. Scores! Scores! Mark Giordano scoring the pass off the wing and the shot from the blue line was deflected right at the goal but the Leafs win it in overtime. Uh, Scott Reed, I imagine you were watching Dancing with the Stars last night? Uh, yeah, I can't get enough of that. Actually, a matter of fact, oddly enough, we were listening on the radio because uh, it was my son's birthday so we'd taken him down to the Jays game for that and so we're walking out of the Jays game and People are on their phones and they're going, oh, my God. Oh, my God. They just tied it up. They tied it up. Right. And then like you see like an entire like 7000 people are barreling down Blue Jays way, trying to get to a bar, to their car, anywhere so they can actually update themselves on this and be able to watch the end of the game. I actually love I love that call, but I loved and I'm a fan. Keep in mind. So I'm getting caught up in this. 
I love the call on the tying goal where he goes, Mo, 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 Morgan Riley. It was just dynamite. It was like, you know, classic. So anyway, it makes it fun. Fun for the city, good for the city, good for restaurants and bars. So I love it all. Yeah, I mean, Deb Hutton, I don't know if you were watching, but they didn't just win. They won in spectacular fashion. (laughs) So the girls and I, Tim was out. The girls and I were watching the game and... They were losing badly. I was trying to give Tim an update because he was chairing a meeting and I thought the meeting might want the updates. And I just said at some point, oh my God, this is obviously over. I, the girls had gone to bed one by one. I shut the TV off. I went upstairs and, and got into bed with a wonderful book. And then Tim came home and said, what was the final score? I said, I don't know. They were trailing so badly. He turned on the TV, like honest to goodness, 45 seconds before the winning goal. So I think on Thursday, I should go to bed around 730. Just read for the (laughs) evening. There we go. All all will be good. (laughs) Drop in for the final goal. Jerry, were you watching? No, I I admit to being a bandwagon hockey fan. You know, I've said that many times. So, of course, I was watching the Jays last night. They did very well. And, uh, uh, but I did have, because my TV was dedicated to the baseball game, I did have the hockey game on my phone, and I was watching that in kind of in the background. And so when the baseball game ended, I thought, well, it's over for the Leafs. So I went to bed, and I woke up this morning and thought, Wow, I should have stayed up. That's me and Donald Trump in 2016. <laughs> <laughs> he scores! It's a very exuberant time for our city, I think. So, um, the Toronto family has a toddler choking on some cereal. Kyle's 911 ends up on hold for five minutes. You know, Deb Hutton, there, sometimes I think people sort of um, soup up their outrage, but there are things worth being outraged about, and a family on hold for five minutes at the emergency call line while a child could be dying, that's worthy of outrage. No kidding, John. This is, and I've been there. Uh, my, my oldest choked. She was old enough that I gave her, she was in the high chair, but I gave her while we were out a piece of celery. So she was that old. Luckily, she was still quite tiny as a kid because she, the celery, I guess, you know, a piece went down, but was still attached to the, the kind of thread-like piece of a celery and completely choking. And I was able to, to lift her up upside down and give her a big swat on the back and it came out. But oh my God, it's the scary scariest, scariest thing. And that's like, what, 14 years ago? And I can still like, I get upset when I think about it. The notion that you're calling for help to ask what to do and nobody answers for a minute, let alone five minutes. This is absolutely ridiculous. And I think part of the answer obviously is resources. But the other part of the answer is we need fines here in Ontario, like they have in some other provinces, we need to enforce those fines for people who call, um, you know, first butt dial, maybe okay, second butt dial, not okay. And calling because your pizza's late, big, big, big fine. Scott Reed, you know, government is supposed to provide certain services and especially certain necessities, and surely uh, a responsive 911 line is one of them. Yeah, it doesn't take a lot of work to agree with that. I think this is the kind of thing that people seize on and repeat and point to and to just, you know, inculcate in terms of the notion that basic services aren't working and things aren't getting done and stuff is busted. And I really think that's why ultimately, although this mayor's race, just to dial it right down here municipally, although the mayor's race is not really feels like it's come to life yet, 
ultimately it's going to come to life around these issues, which is can someone actually just tell us that they're going to get these basic things working? Because when I pick the phone up, there needs to be somebody on the other end. When I, you know, when, when I want the streetlights to turn, like it's that basic services stuff. And, and when that contract gets broken, people really start to withdraw their um, their consent to be governed and they just go bananas and say, sorry, like it's not working. Jerry, I was saying earlier on the show that, you know, people will call 911 to report that the pizza is late. Yeah. And I heard from somebody saying that never happened. No, that's the sad thing. Yeah, that it happens does happen. all the time. My daughter, when she was just a toddler, for some reason, she poked at the phone and hit 911. And, uh, you know, we apologized profusely. Well, she did it again. The cops showed up. And by the way, they should. Uh, like, that was a pretty stern conversation uh, we were subject to from the police, which then resulted in a pretty stern conversation. It's difficult with a tiny little child who doesn't really understand what she's doing. But we had to put a stop to it. I mean, that's just, it's dangerous. And by the way, if this is a matter of resources, I want that $13 billion back from Volkswagen. All right. Well, I mean, if we have $13 billion to throw around to, uh, you know, prostitute ourselves to bring in a business deal, then uh, apparently we don't have our priorities right. Uh, Federal Transportation Minister has been blasted for a video that shows male politicians walking around in pink high heels. Deb, it's probably more outraged than it deserves, but it strikes me men walking around in high heels as a tribute to the, the abuse that women suffer is illustrative of how stupid men are about what women suffer. If you think walking around in a tight pair of heels and wobbling is the problem, then you're, you're barking at the wrong thing. Yeah, so the original intent of this, which was, you know, walk a day in my shoes kind of thing, was to, I think, be creative about what has become the ribbon campaigns, right? Everybody slaps a ribbon on and therefore you're, you're in favor or you're against of A, B, or C. And so this was, I think, a very creative way to draw attention to violence, particularly violence against women. And, I was fine with that. I mean, do I think it was the best thing and going to move things? No, but I don't think wearing a ribbon does either. But it was of that ilk. But when I saw this video, which, I mean, they're parading. I Like, it is so wrong on so many levels. I just, I, like, it's ruined the campaign. Completely and utterly ruined the campaign by a bunch of guys who are, quite frankly, stupid. Jerry. Well, I, I'm a 100% with her. I'm going to open my show on this and take on uh, Minister El Gabra, who says that anybody who's upset about this is just uh, men with fragile egos who are triggered. Yeah, I'm triggered, but it's not by what he thinks I'm triggered by. I mean, it, it's when Deb says parading, when I first saw this video, I thought, how ridiculous is this? They presented themselves as a bunch of 12-year-olds. Bobby had his friends over through the evening, and they got into mom's closet, and they think they're cute walking around in the high heels. What, what does that accomplish? Like, they didn't, they didn't even have a look on their face like they cared about the issue it was like <laughs> look at us that's it's just it's, it's it's virtue signaling at its worst okay listen there's a couple of other things i want to touch on before we're out of time uh scott reed uh, the opposition is going to oppose but uh i think they may have a point at signing a 95-year lease for this spa at ontario place yeah um when was it negotiated uh, for how much was process competitive? Uh, do we know that we got best value? Um, have we even had a debate as to whether or not we actually want to fork over public space to private hands in this fashion? Um, you know, obviously, there's been big plans on the drawing board for a long time that the public haven't been involved in. And you can quibble around that stuff. But I want to say this, and I want you guys, I want the op to save the tape. It will be this stuff 
that eventually brings down Ford. I'm not saying this specific deal, I'm not saying the specific things that are in and around the green belt, but I am telling you this coziness, the blurring of lines between government lobbyists, unregistered, unregistered lobbyists and private development, that stuff is going to get these guys in big trouble. It is too cozy. It is too quick. It is too ha-ha. We have a majority. You can't do anything about it. And someone is going to end up in a heap of trouble and it's going to stick politically. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but eventually you watch. This is going to kneecap this government. Well, it's, Scott, it's the incredible lack of transparency around all this stuff. For sure. Yeah. Uh, and it, I think that lack of transparency is because someone is making a lot of money and they don't want to know. And I'm not sure it's necessarily a developer or the interest, but there are middlemen involved in this. And you watch, it will come tumbling out. If not in this instance, then others. Well, the problem with the lack of transparency is if it if, if you're wrong, Scott, and it and it, it isn't that, it's just that they don't like to talk to us and everything is in the on the up and up, but but unfortunately in the dark, it leads to the opportunity for conspiracy theories around the worst. And and I don't know why they bring that on themselves. We gotta call it there because we're out of racetrack, but my thanks to Jerry Agar, Deb Hutton, and Scott Reed. Catch the round table, round one at 745, round two at 845. Weekday mornings on more in the morning. News Talk 1010 Toronto.